0: I am Mike Cadlick, your host, joined as always by 985 the Sports Hub, Alex Barth. Uh, back to our normal uh, ways of doing the show as we're po- after the bye week now, so we're going to well, get back to do it. Yes, for now. Yeah. Uh, obviously, things will get hectic over the offseason once again, but uh, in-season uh, in schedule, if you will. Uh, back to our preview and recap schedule, so we are here to preview Patriots vs. Jets coming up this Sunday. Uh, the six and three Jets are in town on Sunday to take on the five and four Patriots. A uh, huge game. The AFC East is uh, all but a wagon right now, basically. all Every team has a playoff spot currently, so uh, a really important one coming up on Sunday for this New England team. So we're going to do a deep dive into the offense and defense and sort of preview how this game might go. Uh, we'll get into a college football minute. Me and Barth will talk about our. Uh, college football playoff scenarios that we think it should be now that we're uh, close to the end of the season. Then we'll finish it up with some Thursday Night Football preview. But first, I want to get into some news as well as injuries surrounding uh, the Patriots. And then we'll get into, like I said, some injuries on Jets Patriots as well. Um, Starting off, just a quick news nugget that uh, went down on Tuesday and then another one that came in today. So Patriots released wide receiver Lil Jordan Humphrey from their practice squad. Uh, Sort of a preseason darling if you will had a really good camp uh ended up getting cut was came back activated a few times on the practice squad but they end up cutting him again uh so looked like they were freeing up a spot and then today they brought in tackle hunter thedford tedford i don't know how to pronounce it but um looks like a practice squad at ad- thedford okay uh sign
1: him to the practice squad today adding well, they... to their tackle depth go ahead who is the guy? Sorry, who is the guy they worked out yesterday? It's total side note. They worked out a guy yesterday with an ins- Oh, Sage. I just wanted to say that name. Sage Docks They didn't sign him. Offensive they tackle to Mexico him. State. But Sage yeah. Doxtater? Come on, Mike. Yeah, that's that's something different. That's
0: that's up there with like the Debrica Shaw Fergusons and yeah. um, what's some other there, There's a bunch of hecnic NFL names. Yeah. But that's definitely one of them. So uh, but yeah, so LJ's gone for now uh we'll see if they try and make some room for him later but uh just thoughts on that kind of them seemingly maybe parting ways uh with lj again
1: yeah and he had one practice squad elevation left although he hadn't really played much in the last couple of weeks it was just uh, a little surprising i guess in uh to see him go from having that big role he didn't come down but if anything, it tells me they're going to open up the offense, right? He was kind of in that Nikhil Harry role, that blocking yeah. wide receiver role, and they clearly feel comfortable without that guy. It also tells me they're comfortable with Tyquan Thornton, who we'll get into a, a, a little later in the show, that. but they're comfortable with their wide receiver depth right now, clearly.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, they, they make the make the move, they make the change, and then they go and uh, pick up this looking like a undrafted tackle. Actually, haven't heard of the guy's name. I don't know if you had heard of uh, Hunter Thedford, Thedford before, but – looking to kind of add to the back end of that uh, that offensive line room, uh, depending on if they maybe use some elevations on them. I know David Andrews is back this week, but um, there's kind of been a, we'll get into this more when we talk about the offense, but there's been definitely uh, some movement on the offensive line, as far as Cole strange, getting benched a few times, Isaiah Wynn win popping in for him, Yannicka just getting a start in there. Yep. Uh, there was some swapping at practice this week. Um, Wynn and Trent Brown were kind of swapping sides on positions. So, uh, thoughts on just, you know, that move and kind of where they go with the offensive line from here.
1: I'm not putting too much into that practice swap, at least not right now. I'm not saying that it's it's nothing, but mm-hmm. it was like a two-minute window at practice where they weren't... It's not like it was high-intensity reps, right? It's not like it was first-team sure. offense versus first-team defense. Some guys weren't even wearing helmets. It's very much a walkthrough. I, they like to give guys different looks. Again, we'll see, we didn't get to see any positional drills today we probably won't tomorrow if we do tomorrow i'll be interested to see what it looks like yeah but then then we'll see on sunday it, to me it's not something maybe a switch they'd make at the beginning of the game but if Kajus can't go right or something do yep. they move guys around something like that because right. the other thing is it's not that win and trent swapped win moved to left tackle could was still at right tackle trent was out. oh is that okay okay so are, I wasn't are they going to be down bench, there much
0: this week? So, okay. Are they
1: benching Trent Brown? Who's been their second best offensive lineman this season. I, I, that would be a mistake in my yeah. mind. It would be a surprising move. It would be a mistake. So I'm not putting a ton into that, but yeah, we've talked about this a ton on the show. I'm like, they don't have enough offensive line depth, not at yeah. guard, not at tackle. No center, I guess, but right. they, they needed offensive line depth and, and they added it. It's not, you know, necessarily the player everybody wanted. They didn't go out and get, Prime Jonathan Ogden, but they needed depth and they added depth.
0: Yeah, they didn't make a move at the deadline for a Trent Williams or anything. Uh, But, I mean, that's what we touched on at the deadline, right? Everyone wanted Isaiah Wynn to get traded out of here. And I know that you were sort of an advocate for it just as far as a – from like a locker room and, you know, team standpoint. But the depth isn't there along the line. So keeping Wynn around made sense. And then, again, bolstering the room when you can, it's it's important. Um, Right. But let's do. Let's talk about injuries. Uh, we'll read through the list, and then we can kind of tie it into uh, into we, the way we do offensive defense. Obviously, the Patriots were on a bye last week, so were the Jets. Um, so both teams were able to kind of, you know, get themselves back on track, get relatively healthy again. Um, but in saying that, something that's popping out to me on the Jets, uh, the Jets injury report is Corey Davis just not practicing again with his knee injury. But I feel like there hasn't been much surrounding it. They haven't placed him on IR. But he has not played in what feels like, I don't know. I'm I'm not 100 sure, but he hasn't played in over a month. So um, he did not practice again today. Defensive tackle Shelton Rankins didn't practice. Uh, Dwayne Brown, tackle, was uh, limited with a shoulder, um, and then guard Nate Herbig was uh, did not practice with a shin injury. So not much, um, not many players rather on the Jets injury report. But the big one I think too is Dwayne Brown at tackle limited. Um, they signed. Laurent, do, what's, what's the, Duvarnay the doctor? Tardif. Duvarnay, Duvarnay Tardif. Duvarnay Tardif.
1: Yeah. Or tar, it might be Tardif.
0: Yeah. Uh, he's he was, French-Canadian. Uh, but He was a Kansas City Chief for a while. He's also a doctor, um, but he was a free agent. Jets brought him in for a workout this week and signed him today.
1: I don't know how fast they can get a guy like that up to speed. but So, um, for what it's worth on that, he was with the Jets last year. He made six starts for the Jets at the end of last season. Okay. So, so I, I don't know what kind of football shape he's in. He was right. doing a medical residency. That's why he wasn't signed. But Exactly. Like physically, I don't know where he's at. Mentally, I would think he's, if not a plug and play player, very close. Sure, sure. That makes a lot of sense. Again, it's more of like I was thinking more
0: physically, right? You don't know. Yeah, and I mean, that's you don't, question. you don't. Yeah, you don't know where he's at, but uh, it might kind of have to happen with Dwayne Brown being limited today and uh them sort of, you know, just being bagged up in general. But not much on the Jets besides, you know, Corey Davis as well. um We'll talk about that when we talk about the defense. But guy who hasn't played in a couple weeks, they haven't IR'd him, but. Uh, curious just to see kind of where they go in the receiver room, uh, Patriots, Jonathan Jones was added to the report today. He was not at practice, uh, with an illness limited again, was Jake Bailey with the back. Uh, some people thought the back was actually a code word for the yips, but, uh, we'll see how that plays out on Saturday. They or Sunday, rather they have Pilardi in there, um, as a, you know, practice squad punter, but just gut feeling tells me Bailey's going to play, got it out. But, um, Again, Christian Barmore, limited. Kyle Duggar, limited. Anthony Jennings, limited. Demarcus Mitchell was back today. Uh, he was limited with an illness, which is interesting. Maybe they just didn't want to ramp him up too fast, but Parker's back at practice, limited. Josh Uche, limited. And no no one full participants, if you will, but uh, that's kind of where we stand with both those injury reports. Anything pop out to you at Patriots? Uh, obviously, Jonathan Jones. We'll see what happens throughout the weekend, but
1: yeah, I mean, you still have this illness going around. It cost right. Damian Harris the game last week, right? He didn't play. We've seen Shaq uh, Jones had it. Jalen Mills had it. DeMarcus Mitchell obviously had it. It's not great. I I, right. I I, don't know if they have to specify COVID or not anymore.
0: I was just going to ask that. I'm not sure either.
1: So I actually don't know that. They used to post – like, it used to say illness slash non-COVID. And if it was COVID, it was right. its own thing. It was its own list. Mm-hmm. So – I don't know if they still have to do that or whatever. There's clearly something going around. So that's not great. We'll see if John Jones can get back. The other thing with Bailey, like he's going to play, like you right. said, but another piece to the injury, it, or another piece to the mystery of kind of what's been up with him, and right, are they covering for something? Right, all of a sudden now he's on the injury report, coming off the bye week. Right. I will say, if he does have a back issue, I. That, that would be a major problem. That would. Right. That's not an excuse, but uh, it's an explanation. We, nobody Definitely. knows why he's been so bad. And the, the thing people, I think a lot of people don't know about punters, a lot of athletes, a lot of football players play two sports, right? And, and you go by the positions. Football, uh, quarterbacks, usually baseball players because they're pitchers or shortstops, right? Right. A lot of wide receiver, Chris Hogan, lacrosse, because the footwork that comes with that. Defense
0: some track man. guys there, too, on wide receivers. Right. Well, a lot man.
1: of offensive linemen, defensive linemen, are wrestlers. Punters, not every punter, but, like, some really good punters, they're gymnasts. Yes. They're from gymnastics because <laughs> flexibility is a huge part of punting. Go look at the picture when a guy punts the ball. That, like, straight up in the air, right? Yeah. You, you've ever hurt your back, flexibility's right at the rest of yes. your body. Somehow, is just right out the door if your back hurts. So that would make a lot of sense. It's concerning that it's lingered this long, certainly, but right. that could be people. You know, well, what are you seeing? Why is why is he like this? Why why is he having these issues? A back injury would make a lot of sense. It would line up with a lot of what we've seen. Bet online
0: remains your number one source for all your sports betting for football and basketball this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at BetOnline. Always your continued source for sports wagering information, BetOnline features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf games and events. Head to BetOnline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code CLNS50 to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. Well, again, it's the whole thing with Bailey this year and his struggles, right? It's been like, oh, well, maybe it's just lingering injury from last year when everyone's like, oh, well, he's not on the report. And, you know, maybe it is just the yips and he's not still injured. So, you know, what could it be? And then over the bye week, I don't know, tweaks it. Maybe it gets worse. Maybe they're just like, okay, let's actually let's stop pushing this off and maybe try and solve this. And so then once he's getting yeah. extra treatment, not practicing as much, you kind of have to put him on the report at that point. Feels more something like that. Um but I, again, I would think he he plays this weekend as well. But again, we'll see how it goes. Um, anything else on the injury front for you, Alex? Before we hop in, um, we can touch on most of it during you know. Once I mean, we the
1: get the, into the, it. the Corey Davis thing too. I guess I didn't really yeah. talk about that before. I, the the reason they were able to pressure Zach Wilson so well, and we'll get into this in a bit. And that yeah. first game, part of it, the coverage was great. So one less receiver you got to worry about can make a difference. Right. So it's not having Corey Davis again. He's been good for them this year. So not having him does feel like it would be a loss.
0: Yeah. Over the last two seasons of Zach Wilson's career in New York, Corey Davis has been his number one guy every single game they've played. They have for what it for how bad Zach Wilson can be at playing quarterback. um, He has something with Corey Davis. They they can find each other often on the field. So uh, that would be a big loss for New York. Um, But let's get into the offense uh, for starters, because. Uh, again, throughout the bye week, Mac Jones talked about it the other day, but saying that they were really able to do a full audit of where they stand. Um, I mean, pro- of course, he means both offensively and defensively, but, you know, him being the quarterback and kind of where they sit offensively, uh, we've talked about it in the media. Um, it's kind of been the storyline, but how are they going to adjust the offense, you know, moving into the second half of the season? There's been, you know, there's been clips and videos from, I know Dan Orlovsky comes up, I feel like, every week on this podcast now, but he did something just on, How off their timing seems to be when Max hitting his last step in his drop. He's double hitching guys still aren't looking for the ball. They're just not in sync at all. And you know, you, you often allude to this. I don't tend to bring it up first, but I know, you know, just from playing quarterback before it's hard to get timed up in just a week and a half. Like that is something that is instilled in you from day one in training camp, you know, getting that timed up. So I mean, I'm not sure how much work they'd really be able to do as far as that goes over two weeks. It's, I mean, they're professionals, so they'll be able to get it done. But uh, just curious on the adjustments to make this week. They, uh, you looked at. Were you going to say something? Were you going to add something there? I was going to say,
1: you like, don't be afraid to use that experience. You have it. Use it. No, like, I know. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying. You kind of made it sound that like I bring it up, like you don't want me to bring it up. No, you. No, no, that. no, no, no. I'm glad to bring it it's up. A I'm valuable asset just, for this yeah. show. No, for sure. Uh, but I just again I thought
0: of it seeing those videos this week. It's like, okay, yeah. when, you know, when you step up and hitch and you, it's it's a science to you know, these guys are at seven yards and that's why you're taking a three step dropper. These guys are at twelve versus eleven. Like it's it's incremental how much of a difference it can make in an offense. So uh curious to see just how they they can maybe try and sync themselves up this week. But, you know, the week nine game against the Jets, uh, it was ugly. They only had the one offensive touchdown uh to open up the half again. It felt like they were Back in you know a few weeks ago, they were the offense was really they were smooth on you know drives to open the half and the um and the game. But besides that, it wasn't great. Their only offensive touchdown was on the opening drive of the second half. They were able to get themselves in range for folks five field goals, but again, they struggled. So I don't know. What do you what, broadly? What do you expect from this offense on Sunday?
1: Um, I so I what I'm expecting and what I want to see might be two different yeah, things, right? Sure. I'm expecting more quick passing concepts because that's a big way to, to, to fix the timing. Right. It's not perfect, but right. It's a lot easier to time out of play. And by the time I mean, snap to throw, right. Right. It's a lot easier to time out of play. That's going to last two seconds versus a play. That's going to last five seconds. Right. Right. So less time to, to, to mess yep. it up. Especially I, with pressure and, you know, like the, obviously there's pressure that's, right. you know, coverage,
0: et cetera. So go ahead. Yeah.
1: So the bigger thing for me though, and and I agree with what you said about the timing, that Dan Orlovsky video is great. Everybody should watch it. Yeah. They've got to, even if they fix the timing, if they're still doing this vertical stuff, right. I'm not convinced they have enough time to block it, even if it's executed right. correctly by everybody else. So I want to see them do some things. I We've talked about this ad nauseum. They're probably not fixing the offensive line to the extent it needs to be fixed until the offseason. They can make right. little tweaks here and there. David Andrews coming back is certainly going to be a big help. But that's what I'm curious to
0: see is Andrews because that that really yeah. can change everything because that made them struggle the last couple of weeks. But
1: they need to do some other things, especially to tackle those edge rushers to slow those guys down, and that's play action. It's RPOs. Yep. It's it's pre snap motion. It's end arounds. Things like that. Use Draws. guys like Tyquan Thornton. Yeah, dude, because when you know the other team's just throwing the ball deep, right? When you know the other team is going into that five, seven step drop, if you're a pass rusher, you're just going to say, well, I'm just going to put my head down and go, right? Full right. go full at the quarterback. What ha- it, and that's the approach most pass rushers take to start a game, aside from, you know, what they see on film. But what you want to do is, you know, okay, so that guy's going to fire up field, boom, run a draw behind him, right? Where he run, gets up field, he vacates that space to run the ball behind him. Man in motion, pre-snap, you hand that ball off, suddenly you get those eyes going across, right? Yep. Um, RPO is kind of similar where you're you're making them with their eyes, you're, you're making them look in more than one spot. Exactly. Just do things that give those pass rushers more to think about so they can't pin their ears back and go. That's pretty much uh, what I – That that's the big thing I want to see them do. And I think if they do that, a lot of the other stuff will come together. I don't know that yeah. it turns them into a 40-point-per-game offense, but – this defense is unfreaking believable They probably haven't yeah. gotten enough credit just because of no. there's so much focus on everything that's going on on the offensive side of the ball, and maybe rightfully so. But it, it, the offense just has to be good enough. Like, that's what's so frustrating about this. Yeah, The offense doesn't need to be great. They just need to be good enough because the defense, it feels like, is the real deal. But the offense can't be good enough right now. And if they, I think if they go to a more quick, you know, you know quick concept – quick tempo, power run, get rid of the zone run, power run yep. offense, They essentially what they were last year. I think you can expand it a little bit more, but essentially what they were last year, I think that's how the offense ends up being good enough. Yeah, well, I mean, just like
0: going off that, they, they just have to be good enough, right? But like you said, this Jets defense, they're not getting enough credit for what they've done this year. I mean, they've only let up 19 points a game. The Patriots were just good enough the last time. But it's, like, that they played better, you know, when you when we kind of took a look back at it, it's almost like they were better than we thought they were during the game, if that makes sense. I mean, they have guys, the players at each level, like you always talk about, and, you know, I'm kind of taking that into my own uh, assessment when I do these types of things. But, like, they have, you know, two guys on the front, John Franklin Myers and Quinnen Williams is a stud, CJ Mosley in the middle, Sauce Gardner in the back end. Like, they have guys you have to worry about at every single level of this defense, and as bad as they were the first meeting, the one touchdown to Myers at the goal line and then the five field goals, they, if they can do that again and just finish another one of those drives, then they're going to be in good shape because this defense is going to be able to carry them. So, I, this again, the defense is legit. They're like 10th in points per game, but they feel they're studs, but they still feel beatable to me because you able. To, you saw it two weeks ago, and I feel like there's just so much room to build off of what they did when they played them in
1: week nine. Yeah, they're... So I'm I, honestly in the background. It looks like Twitter's about to just like end. So I'm trying to <laughs> make sure we have even more. Is there even at, more Twitter news? At Real Alex Barth on Instagram, apparently they just locked the building and told everybody they're not allowed back in the building anymore. Yeah. Um, so. I'm sorry what was you, you're have to no say you're now. good no this is this is good this is
0: you know i I just said that the way that they played the last game it was like they the way they played the jets last game they played them better than we expected them to, I thought and they were able to get in field goal range and they only scored the one touchdown, but it just it feels like. It feels like this Jets team is like even they're beatable and they can get there if they just finish the drives and they played better than they did the they played better than we thought they were going to. Yeah.
1: Okay, and yeah.
0: it was still considered a bad game. So like I I, I don't know. I, I feel mean, like they had a bit of a recipe there even though this team is so much this team is really good.
1: When and, and it's kind of the story the whole season. When Mac wasn't pressured, they were fine. And and that's been the yeah. case all year. Mac's completion percentage Clean pocket is 77%. It drops down to 44 when he's pressured. So right. the, the stalls where Mac was getting pressured, if they can get it blocked up front, I actually think the offense can, again, be good enough, maybe a little bit better than that. It's a big if with the way this team has looked. So that's where getting David Andrews back, like you said, and we'll talk about the Patriots on the defensive side of the ball. I think this entire game comes down to, to the pass rush and the pass protection on both sides. Yeah. David Andrews coming back could be a major flip for the Patriots in this game because the Jets are going to be who they were, especially if Corey Davis doesn't play. It's basically the same group. They're missing right. starters on the offensive line, but those guys are out for the year. Elijah Vera Tucker, Mackay Becton, right? Patriots get a guy back they didn't have last time, and that could make a big difference, especially when you consider the impact the pass rush had on the, on the, the Jets' pass rush had on the Patriots' offense, and it's important to remember, again, th- we talked about this last time they played. The Jets really only rush four. That's right. all they do. They got the second lowest blitz rate in the league, but the fifth highest pressure rate. They've got an absolute beast of a defensive line, Quinnen Williams, John Franklin Myers, right? Yep. The Patriots, they should be able to block four with five. The Patriots right. should be able to block four with five. If they can do that, if David Andrews coming back allows them to do that, they're going to have chances to move the football.
0: So here's my question on the offense to you because I have an answer, but I want to see sort of you think because every single week we come on this show and we talk about how they need to adjust this. They need to be better. Why aren't they calling the offense this way? Just do it. It makes so much sense. Call like you did with Zappy, Call these. Call that. And they haven't done it when they were just, you know, bang, 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 week after week playing games. Over the bye week, do you trust that Bill Belichick truly, you know, went in there with his offensive staff, and was able to tighten things up on the bye week so much so that we might see a legitimate change of pace here coming into the Jess week on Sunday. So, My answer is yes. I trust bill in that spot. I think it's one, you know, when he does his full audit, if you will, um, this is something he's like, okay, we really need to fix this if we want to, you know, compete for the playoffs and
1: uh, you know, continue down this stretch. But I don't know. What do you think? I would hope so. It's yeah. to me. It's a matter of like, I think Bill can fix it. If Bill goes in and gets under the hood and tinkers around, he'll fix it. My question is, because we've said this since camp, I've been saying this since training camp. Right. Does he look at it and say, it's Matty P's offense, it's Matt Patricia's offense, it's Matt's job. Like, either it's Matt's job to handle it, it's Matt's job to dig himself out of this hole, or I trust Matt to get out of this. Because we said this in camp, right? Right. When the offense wasn't working. Well, how Bill knows it's not working. How long can he really let Matt Patricia continue right. to run things? Well, here we are. It's November seventeenth, and Matt Patricia is still running things. So, right, I trust Bill to be able. to – I trust that Bill knows how to fix it. If he takes the agency to fix it, I just don't know if he's going to take the agency to fix it because I feel like if he was going to do that, I, I shouldn't say. All right, let me. It would have already. Back.
0: It would have already happened by now.
1: On one hand, I feel that way, that if he okay. was going to fix it, he would have done it already. On the other hand, the bye week is kind of a time it would make sense to do that. They do have a re- relatively later bye this year, so right. If I guess if not now, never is right. pretty much where I'm at with it. If not now, yeah. then it's the off season. hopefully, and if Matt Patrice is back next year, then it's just not happening. I don't right. think it'll get that far, but I also didn't think right. it would get this far, so.
0: Well, even in that, so, right, you know, when the struggles continue to happen with the Zappy versus Mac thing, right? It's, well, okay, you know, we have the Bears, we have the Jets, we have the Colts, we have a bye. Let's get through this the way things are happening, and then we take a look at it. I can see that having had happened, and then this is the time and the place to do it. But, I mean, like you said, if they don't, I don't know. I don't know where they go from here. Um, The one last piece just on offense um, is Ramondre and the running backs. I want to... Uh, just bring up a thing we talk about on the show all the time, but, you know, they need to, Ramondre is their one and they need, they're going to feed him and get him his touches. But, you know, with Harris back both from the hamstring and now back from the illness, um, getting himself healthy, he had a whole week to do so. They really need to spell those backs more at like a 60, 40 pace, um, even closer to maybe 50, 50. You've talked me off this ledge at the beginning of the year when I was just swooned over Ramondre, and I was like, he's their guy, and give him the rock. But now that they're in the playoff, they're really integrated into this playoff hunt. They need to make sure Ramondre stays healthy throughout the stretch run. And um, I expect and I hope that you know they they split up these carries and split up these touches from the backs this week more so than they did at the end, right before the bye week.
1: And it doesn't just have to be the backs. Like, yes, I'm with you 100%, right. but these issues can solve each other of rounds to to Kendrick Bourne, of rounds to Tyquan Thornton, screen passes, RPOs, like, Mm -hmm. it it all interconnects. It all intertwines, right? So, yes, I want to see Ramondre Stevenson's usage rate go down. This is honestly a game, though. Remember, like, back when we were talking about this during the Lions game and the Browns game, and I said, don't you want him to be available for that game late in the year when you really need him? This is kind of that game. This, if they were going to run him a ton... Big divisional game, another wild card team as well. Like, this is the game where I want to see them. Uh, yeah, but there's yeah. also still two
0: Bills games coming up where you want them to be healthy in that spot
1: as well. I would say this is probably their third. Uh, no, Dolphins game is probably bigger because they at least have one win over the Jets already. But Yeah, that's fair. Like, this is kind of the game I had in mind where I was like, ah, you might want to save him for that one. So... Right. But yes, I I am I'm still with you on that 100 on on the offense and in getting uh getting the other backs more involved. And I think people forget, Damon Harris is still a very good back. There right. seems to be <laughs> this one or the other mentality when it comes to the Patriots backfield. Not only is that not necessary, I think it's the incorrect approach. So yeah. let let Damien Harris get involved on early downs. Let Ramondre be the third down back. Honestly, I I'd, I'd like to see them like big picture. I'd like to see them go back to what they did at the beginning of the season, which was alternating drives and then just Stevenson on, on third downs. Right. Right. That's how I'd like to see them approach. it. I think that's probably the best setup they have.
0: Yeah. Well, like you said too, like, you know, forgetting about where we were just seven weeks ago. I mean, Damien Harris was the starting running back on this team up until basically his injury. Ramondre ends up getting reps and then he just kind of took over the role from there as he should. But like you mentioned, just don't, I mean, don't forget that Damien Harris is a good back too. I'm with you. Uh, I kind of fell for it a little bit there, just in the in the Ramandre Hayes because I mean, he's a stud. but um, I like what you said too, just about incorporating and you know getting running plays out of not your running backs. I mean, an RPO, right. if you throw the bubble screen quick, that's essentially just a run. Get the ball in yeah. space to someone's hand and just go. but yeah, that's uh, that's where I see this offense going this week. Um, before we get into the defense, let's just talk about our friends at LinkedIn because
1: these a lot days, of people at- looking for jobs right now.
0: Yes. A lot of people, Twitter, Twitter jobs. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy. If uh, I just saw your tweet too. follow Alex on twi- on Instagram, follow me on Instagram because this thing might go down and Twitter is the town square. So it might have to be Instagram now, but
1: anyway, I'm just getting one of these mastodon things, man. Yeah. Uh, we'll see whatever Are that you're doing
0: that. You're doing that right now. <laughs> Pretty much these days. Sorry, every guys. New potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. We use LinkedIn Jobs here at CLNS Media, and we can't recommend it enough. It's super easy to post your job. Then just add your listing and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience, so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. As we inch closer to December, Now's the perfect time to add the right team member and Ed 2022 strong. It's why small businesses it's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash beat. That's linkedin.com slash beat to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply.
1: I'm sorry. Hang on. Is Twitter actually going to go down right now?
0: Why is it getting that
1: serious? It would just be wild if it happened while we were on the air. Like...
0: I see everyone I thought, tweeting their Instagram handles, but I don't think it's going to happen that fast. I,
1: but here's the thing: like, I thought it was people like, just like freaking out for the sake of freaking out. But like, very level-headed people are like, yeah. "Hey, guys, this might be it for Twitter." You know that uh, meme that's like, uh, "I wish I wasn't living through a historically significant event right now." Yeah. Anyway, I real Alex Barth on Instagram, and, and on Cabot Mastodon on now, apparently. Oh God, so, whatever,
0: what, what is Mastodon? Is this, just I don't a, a, know,
1: but I saw everybody signing up for it. So if that's the next thing, that's the next some thing. Some
0: sort of open source Twitter. I don't know. Well, again, yeah. I guess if we're switching socials, follow me on Instagram as well. I post my content there anyway. So uh, you can check me at Barth out there, but let's, uh, we'll both keep an eye on Twitter as we uh, go through the defense here. Uh, Pat Pat's defense was obviously dominant all beginning of the first half of the year. I was fully on display, not only in week nine, but uh, throughout the first nine games. Um, they allowed only 18.4 points per game in the first half of the season. The bye week was sort of a turning point in a bad way for this team last season. Do you think that they learned from that, Alex? And does Matthew Judon continue to play the way he's playing, or does he
1: fall off the face of the earth like he did last season? So it seemed like to this point they've done everything they needed to do. And we've talked right. about that. I. Well, on one of my shows I talked about, it was too many. I can't remember anymore. Um, <laughs> five days a week, Bart's on the air. Five baby. days a week, five days a week, six, yeah. six. Now I'm doing the post game on here. Um, yeah, true that. We're rolling.
0: I think yeah, they did everything. they.
1: Voice. I think they did everything they need to do to this point. Matthew Judon's usage rate is down 10%. Uh, some other key defensive players, because you know, of an injury, but like Christian Barmore's rested up. He hasn't played in a couple weeks here things like that. Ramondre is really the one guy I feel like they've overused. Besides that, I feel like everybody's in a good spot. Now it's just that mental element of it. that We don't know exactly what happened last year. And maybe they were all just gassed. It felt like a little more than that. You know, they had that long winning streak coming in. Now it's just how do they handle it? And it's not something we can sit here and say, I think they'll handle it better. I think they'll handle it worse. Like we're not in the room. We don't know. So it's a, it's a very good question. It's, it's a very good question. I think they have done a lot to make things easier for themselves coming out of the bye. The question is, will they take advantage of of the situation they've set themselves up with?
0: Yeah. I mean, I also just look at it in terms of comparing it. I mean, this is the first time we've been able to do this for a division game. So just comparing it to what we saw last time, I know we think Zach Wilson stinks and I'm, I'm with you on that, but I also don't think we're going to see the same Zach Wilson. We saw last time, Jonathan Jones said it this week, but, they sort, it sort of seems like, you know, um, Mike Mike LaFleur. Yeah, Mike LaFleur. Uh, yeah, I, do, of found I, a I reci- do that all the time, too. Yeah, sort of found a recipe for how to call this offense uh, since the disaster that was the Patriots game because they went and beat the Bills. Um, I, so I pulled the numbers just as far as how they compared calling the offense versus the Patriots compared to versus the Bills just a week later. Uh, they only had 15 rush attempts against the Pats compared to 34 against the Bills. And they threw it 41 times against the Pats compared to 25 times against the Bills. They took the ball out of Wilson's hands more. They gave it to their backs. Um, that's obviously because they also got James Robinson back into the mix a little bit because they had traded for him just the week before. He probably couldn't grab as many reps as you know he wanted to that fast, but they were able to get him uh, into the fold. But it's not like they had to throw more and run less against the Pats because they were down the whole game. Like that was a close game, just like the Bills' game was. And they stuck to their bread and butter in the Bills game rather than, you know, jumping ship on the run game uh, against the Patriots. So, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm interested to see how they call this offense. I think the Patriots, I mean, the Bills defense is one of the best in the league. The Patriots are up there with them. I just don't think Wilson's going to be as bad as last time.
1: I, so, I, I think that's up to them. Again, we talked about this before with Mac with the pressure, right? Do you know what Zach Wilson's passer rating is when pressured this year? Passer rating out of 158.3. Single digits. Yeah, 6.6. 6. Is it? Holy moly. Yeah. And they pressured him a ton in that last meeting. 37% yeah. of his dropbacks. It's the highest rate he's been pressured this year. And look, they only had two sacks. They only even hit him twice. But right. the thing about Zach Wilson is he won't throw the ball away. So if you kind of hem him in, right? And and I thought they had a great rush. They had a great rush plan. And remember, it's the week after the Bears game. Where they were yep. all over the place. They came in disciplined. They, it was like dogs herding sheep. They corralled them against the sideline. They corralled them into the boundary and basically said, either throw it or we're going to push you out of bounds. And he refused to throw it away. So he started taking, making really risky throws. You know, wouldn't you have it three interceptions? So, right. I think they can duplicate that because it's the same pass right. actually, it's not the same pass, rush. they're going to have Barmore back. Right. Same offensive line for the Jets. If they make any change, it's the guy who, hasn't played an NFL game in a year, about a year. Right. So I think they can pressure Zach Wilson and, and force him to make mistakes, assuming the Jets do the same thing. Now, here's the two questions. Can the Patriots cover it on the back end? Because you still need to cover it and not give him right. any quick options. And that's where the Jonathan Jones injury comes in and potentially Corey Davis coming back. The other element of it is how do the Jets adjust? And this is where right. if the Jets are going to win this game. They need to make major offensive adjustments. And some of it's what I said with the Patriots, quick throws. They they ran some RPOs and some read options in that first meeting that they did very well with. They went away from it probably earlier than they should have. Yeah. If I'm the Jets, I, I'm calling RPO after RPO after RPO, and I'm building in a read option package into that RPO to give Zach Wilson the opportunity to keep the football. If they're going to try to drop back and throw it and just run the offense they've been running, which is more vertical – I think the Patriots tee off on Zach Wilson again. I really do. It's kind of the same thing both ways. Like, I feel like the game plan for both teams is the same. And yeah. the issues are the same. But, again, if it is really the same, and the Patriots won last time, and now they have David Andrews and Christian Barmore back. Right. Feels like that's trending in the right direction, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, they'll also probably have Duggar back, who they didn't have last time. Tyler Conklin. uh Duggar's another. That's another good one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Conklin. I mean, we, we talk about how I hate tight ends on this show, but they always seem to come back and haunt me. Who was it? Uh, Oh, Mo Ali cox against the Colts. I don't think they really – they didn't do anything. So I mean, that they didn't count. throw the ball. They didn't. Yeah, yeah. that was – yeah, so uh, – but no, tight ends have owned me. But again, I think with Dugger back – I mean, Conklin had six catches for like 80 yards and two touchdowns. Um, They're going to be able to cover the tight ends better here. Um, But yeah, like you said, it's – with the offense and the defense – Two weeks later, the Patriots are getting David Andrews back along their line to hopefully bolster that. And then on the defense, like you said, they're getting Bomber back up front. They're getting Duggar back on the backside. So that's going to be huge. I think that they're also not, like you said, they're not getting Corey Davis back. So they're going to be able to cover this team. And they're going to be able to get pressure. I just, I I really feel like Zach Wilson, he seems, your guy on the Sports Hub, Tony Maz, just calls him out. He's so stupid. He's dumb. He's
1: dumb. Yeah, I like, mean, that's it.
0: But I mean how how do you get to this point and not learn from your mistakes and not throw the football away? He seemed to do it a little bit Very against Buffalo. Question. It is a good question. I don't I think he's going to throw the football away. He's not going to hand the ball over as much as he did, so it's going to be a little bit tougher for them than it was the last time, but I still think they ultimately, you know, they have success against this team. Yeah. Um I mean they'll they'll run the rock with Carter and Robinson as much as they can. Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson.
1: Yeah. I I asked Matthew Judon about James Robinson today, and and I I asked him, you know, when they got him last time, they had just gotten him off the trade. Like, he hadn't played in their offense. It's been two games. What have you seen? And and he seemed to indicate, like, it's way too early to make any distinction off of that. So I I think they're – and I think that's part of what hurt them last time, too. They were really down to one back. Right. It It doesn't sound like Robinson – Right. It doesn't sound like Robinson's that involved, even, you know, just coming off the bye, so he may be more involved now, but through those first two games, it didn't sound like they had him doing much.
0: No, I'm looking at it now. I'm just, I am I have the two box scores open. So the first, the I mean, like I, I mentioned it uh, earlier, just as far as they did not run the ball at all against the Patriots. They ran it 15 times compared to 41 pass attempts against the Bills. They ran the ball 34 times compared to just 25 pass attempts. Uh, they split carries seven and five in the first game against the Pats. But again, they, they didn't do anything. The last time they played, it was 13 carries and 12 carries Robinson to Carter. So granted, Michael Carter averaged six and a half yards a carry and James Robinson averaged 3.7. But I still feel like, I mean, it, it might be tough for the defense to cue in on these guys because they haven't seen him. But I feel like over the bye week, they're going to try and get Robinson going because, I, I mean, I don't know. I think he's a better back than Michael Carter, don't you? Assuming pro- that he... Like that knows they're the offense and, but, and on yeah. board
1: is on board. Like you got to remember Carter has been in this system. Robinson has, yeah. I think that I don't know that they're far enough apart where that doesn't right. matter. Whereas it's like McCaffrey also, going in in San Francisco week one, right. go for it. You're naturally talented enough. Right. I don't know that the gaps that much, but yeah, assuming they're, if, if they really got Robinson, that, that might be the scariest possibility for the Patriots is they really got Robinson caught up during the bye week because the Bears weren't coming off the bye when the Patriots played them, but they were coming off the, the mini bye, right? Coming off the Thursday night right. game. We have those couple extra days and they completely changed their offense. And we thought oh. it was this weird anomaly that the Bears torched the Patriots. No, it turns out that, that they changed their offense and it worked and it's continued to work here since that game. That, so that, that's the thing that could really kill the Patriots is if, is if they use this bye to tweak the offense around James Robinson and get him involved, that right. will definitely be interesting to watch.
0: Well, it's weird, too. Like, I, I mean, I said that I think James Robinson's better than Michael Carter, which I think he is. But Michael Carter's this is his second year in the league. I think he was a second-round pick last year. He's, he's been fine every game and every, really, time he's been able to touch the rock for the Jets. But it seems like they're just trying to replace him every chance they get. Because he was good his rookie year. They, traded, they drafted Brees Hall, who admittedly is better than Carter. But they were sort of just like, yeah, we want to get Carter out of here. And we want to have him be our second sort of spellback. Brees Hall tears ACL. And I was like, oh, Michael Carter's going to get his chance again. And then they immediately trade for James Robinson. So, again, it just feels like a team that wants to pound the rock as much as they can and not have it be on one guy.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I kind of view it as almost that thing I've been talking about where they want to make sure they have that second guy. Yeah. Right. You know, get that duo. I – maybe that they don't want him to be the number one, but I they, – they were – like, I don't think that they're pushing him out the door or anything. I wouldn't go that far. I think they just – they want that back by committee set up. Yeah, and that's fair. Cause that like LaFleur comes from that Shanahan tree. They love having multiple running backs. Yeah, that's I think true. they just want you that think of second
0: AJ guy. AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones as well. So yeah, no, that's a good point too. Cause again, if it if it wasn't James Robinson, their second guy would be Ty Johnson. So I mean, right. you don't want that. So again, I mean, I think they
1: they paid a little too much. I mean, we don't have to get into all the nitty gritty on that stuff, but Well, I mean, when I, you're the Jets and you haven't been good in decades and suddenly you got a spark, you're gonna you're gonna spend a little bit, you're gonna invest a little bit.
0: Yeah, I guess you're right there too. But um, so yeah, that's that on the defense. Um, I think they'll be able to they'll be able to contain Wilson a little bit, but I don't think he's going to make as many mistakes as he did last time. Uh, I'm curious to see how Judon goes after the bye again. Sounds like by all accounts he stayed in shape like we talked about. But um, you got anything else on the de- on the on the defense? Um, Besides, I mean, I think too the John Jones thing would be massive if he misses the game, but I do think he'll probably play.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know, man. Like the illness has been here. Yeah. But Jack Jones was fine. So that's right. He was, he came up on a Friday, right? He was fine. We're also assuming it's the same illness. It might not be right. We don't know, but yeah, I guess we'll just have to see, but yeah, it's to me, it it comes down to that defensive front. Like they've just got to play the way they did last time and a discipline pass rush. Keep those athletic guys on the field. Daniel, Aquale. Josh Uche, Barmore being back, this is a great matchup when it comes to him. Turn this into a battle of the Alabama defensive tackles. Turn it into Christian Barmore versus Quinton yeah. Williams, who can cause who can uh, cause more havoc. And I think Williams is a better player, but if David Andrews is back, Patriots got pressure up the middle last time a ton. So,
0: yeah, uh, you got any predictions? You got a pick? You're not a huge prediction pick guy, but what do you think? Just game overall. You can read my full prediction on clnsmedia.com. I think it's going to go basically the same way it did last time. I think that they're going to have a nitty gritty first half back and forth. And then I think the game will probably just end up being too much for the Jets in the end in Foxborough, maybe another Patriots home field advantage again. And in the past just sort of pull it out the end uh, totals 38. I think it might go a little bit under that. I don't see both these defenses are good and the offenses aren't great. So I feel like it's going to be ugly again, but the Patriots can pull it out. What do you think? Ye-
1: yeah, kind of the same thing. I I think it's gonna be similar. I think the Jets probably have a little bit of a leg up just having seen what the Patriots are doing. But I think the David Andrews return is massive. I, yeah, I do, so do I. I think that ends up being the difference. I think it's the Patriots in a low scoring game. Yeah, yes. Ashley says 17 13, somewhere around there. You know, if Zach Wilson starts turning the ball over, maybe that gets pumped up a little bit, some short fields, but right about that. About that. Yeah. I like because it. That's nobody what I think on too. the replay is gonna be able to see this. So there you go. Sure. Seems 17. that seems like
0: about that yes. kind of game. Yes, 17-13. Thank you, Ashley. Um, all right. Well, that's what we got for Pat's Jets. Um, before we go, let's do uh our favorite segment, I'd say. Because it gets us out of our element a bit. College football yep. minute. Because things are getting dicey now that we're getting towards the end of the college football season. Um, I don't have the top twenty-five in front of me, but teams like TCU, LSU is getting back in the mix now, Alabama's falling off. Um where do you see this co- the rest of this college football season going, and what do you think is going to be the college football playoff? Because I know you had Texas in it last time. You did have USC too. They're staying. No, not last they- time. No
1: pre- preseason, preseason, pre-season I, I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, so Have okay, we re- yeah. I
0: don't think we've. I don't think we've reset
1: our top four yet. Have we? Um. Well, the, this is only. Uh, no, I think we did one show right after the rankings came out, but we okay. definitely haven't reset since Tennessee, Georgia. So, All right, so let's hear it. What do you got? What's your top four? So I think, and so I got to explain some games that I think happen here. I think Georgia wins out. I think they beat LSU in the SEC championship. I think Ohio State beats Michigan in, in you know, that game. I yep. think TCU wins out. I really do. I think yep. USC wins out, and I think Tennessee wins out. So that being said. that's That's where is- I'm at as well, so go ahead. So, I have Georgia, Ohio State, Tennessee gets in not having to play in the SEC Championship. Okay. And then TCU. And I think Tennessee ends up jumping TCU in that final ranking. TCU stays at 4, Tennessee replaces Mich Tennessee essentially replaces Michigan. Yeah. Um you get Ohio State Tennessee which would be an unbelievable game. Yeah, and then works. Georgia TCU. That being said, if LSU knocks off Georgia in the SEC championship, which I think they can. I'm yeah, not saying so they I. will, but I think there's really, Georgia's in. Georgia, right. unless they lose to Georgia Tech, right? But right. assuming they win their last two regular season games or jokes, they won't be the one, but they'll get in. So if they kind of yeah. sleepwalk into that SEC championship and LSU beat them, which again, I think they can do, because I don't think LSU respects Georgia. And I mean that in, they're not afraid of them. It's not the defending champs. It's just some other team. LSU is not afraid of anyone. Brian no, Kelly has LSU that team will, just roll. And I and I, I never it. thought I'd say that about a Brian Kelly team, but LSU will go punch for punch. If LSU wins, there are going to be three SEC teams in the college football playoff because Ohio state will be one followed by in some order, Georgia, LSU, Tennessee. They will bump undefeated TCU to put for Tennessee. You think for Tennessee, Because Tennessee's the story this year. Tennessee's the feel-good story. a good team. And I'll tell you this. All the people who are proponents who want the 12-team playoff because it's too much SEC with the four-team, you should actually be rooting for a three-team SEC playoff this year because, what what did they say, right? By 2026, but as soon as 2024 for the 12-team, if there's three SEC teams in the playoffs this year, they will expedite the hell out of that. And yeah. we'll get the 12-team playoff next year. So, that's – and, and look, maybe things get weird. I, I do think the sleeper is USC. If, you know, uh, yeah. TCU drops a game and Michigan gets blown out by Ohio State and maybe Tennessee is a hiccup here down the road, undefeated USC, they're probably the only team from the Pac-12 that can make it. I, I, I think Utah is too far out. One. Right. One loss The only one-loss team. Okay. Um they need a couple things to roll their way, but they're the other team that I think still factors in. But yeah, I think it's down to really six teams at this point. I guess it's seven, but unless Ohio state Michigan goes to like seven overtimes and it's clear those teams are even, I don't see how they both get in. Well, I think if, well, I, I, I'm sort of looking at it now. So,
0: in, th- so they're going to play in the big 10, right? If Michigan wins, Michigan gets in and I could see them keeping Ohio state in at the back end.
1: I just don't think Michigan's win
0: that game. Where if Ohio State wins, I think Michigan just falls out of it. The Tennessee thing's interesting to me because LSU wins. Say LSU, like you said, wins the SEC. Then you have Tennessee there too. Do they really put four SEC teams in? Because if you say that Tennessee's the darling team, right, and that's the storyline. But if LSU wins the SEC championship and gets themselves in. LSU turns into the storyline of the season. It happens fast. It happens really fast. LSU from two seasons ago with Joe Barrow, they were like, oh, they're good. They're good. They're good. And then finally at the – around this time at the end of the season, they just turned
1: it it on. No, it was when they knocked off Bama. It was when they knocked off Bama. When was that in the year though? October, I think. Late October maybe. early November. I was
0: thinking thinking it was closer to the end of the year.
1: Hendon Hooker I still think is going to win the Heisman. Really? Yeah. Okay. Who else? Who, who else is Stroud winning at this point? It's going to be Stroud. Who? CJ Stroud. He, almost, he did nothing
0: against North. I know, West. but they're going to give it to him. They, I just think they will. I think because I think they went out and get undefeated.
1: And I think it's his, SEC I think bias. It's I think it goes to hooker. And then that gets him in the in the playoff. We'll find out. This is why you play the games. And look, I'm talking about this, like this neat package thing. Like we both are. We're talking about this, like this neat package thing that all the results are supposed to happen are going to happen. We're talking about LSU over Georgia's like the biggest possible upset on the board. Yeah. It's college football. We've still got rivalry Saturday. We've still got championship Saturday. There's a lot of dominoes left to fall. I'll tell you this. Don't, um, don't is it's Illinois, right? Did they clinch yet? The, the big 10 championship.
0: I believe so. I think. Who's the other team? They're not. I mean, oh, it hasn't been even clinched ranked. yet. It, it hasn't not been even clinched ranked, yet. So yeah.
1: Um, like we saw, Ohio State's not that far ahead of some of these teams. Michigan's not that far ahead of some of these teams no, in the Big I Ten. Know. Don't. Yeah, it's it's gonna be Illinois. All right. Well, if it's Iowa, then that's not happening. Yeah. Oh, I forgot the Big Ten West is weird. There can be like a six-way tie for first place. There's four teams so, at four and three. Yeah,
0: it's it's gonna be. It's gonna be a sprint to the finish. Yeah, it is. Um
1: who's your pick to win it all? Tennessee. Want, it's gonna be don't Tennessee. Want to pick Georgia, it's so boring and, and <laughs> it like I'm boring. so over them. It's gonna be Georgia though. There's sta- there's those two tight ends, man. Darnell Washington, Brock Bowers, yeah. those those guys nasty. nasty. Yeah, they make it so the real deal.
0: They make it so easy for uh why can I not think of his name? Stetson Bennett, they make Stetson it so Bennett. easy for him. He is he is the Jimmy Garoppolo of college football.
1: He, really he just is. rides the wave. He, he really just rides is. The wave. Like I don't. Again, I think LSU can beat Georgia. I think Tennessee can beat Georgia. I think those. I, I'm not super high on Ohio State this year, but it that Georgia team so talented. Alabama can, but they're not going to get in. That's my sleeper,
0: it. my sleeper natty team to win it all is LSU. Jaden Daniels. I love it. Brian Kelly has that team. Like you said, there's no fear in that team. They just Here's the go. problem, though. They lost the, they lost the Florida State opener, and yeah. then they've basically just been – like, again, that was a game where it was like, all right, we need to be balls to the wall all
1: the time, and they right. have been. Here's, here's the problem with that. So, two things. First of all, Keyshawn Boutte is totally inconsistent, and they need him to be on to win. He also will not
0: play at the end of the season. Because I bet you he'll sit out because of draft status.
1: He's a guy who they're in a college football playoff. They're in a college football playoff. He'll play. Uh... You can't. You can't. He'll play. I guess. But all right, go ahead. I. I, I, He might sit out a regular bowl game. I don't disagree with you there. The other thing is for LSU to win the Natty, you're basically you have them beating Georgia twice. You understand that, right? Yeah, because they'd have to get them at the month
0: because they'd be the four.
1: The only way they're getting in, right, is to beat Georgia in the SEC championship. I guess unless you're really down on Georgia, unless you're really down no. on Georgia, or really high on Georgia Tech or something, you have Ellis and Loy. It's a bold pick. I don't hate it, but knocking off Georgia twice in a month—that's that's,
0: yeah. Because you're task. right.
1: Because they, they'd
0: either play them in the semis or end up in the Natty together. So yeah, it is. It would be twice. Right. I mean, again, maybe After if the they SEC have their if they have their number the first time, why not do it again? Yeah, we'll see. Again, it's a sleeper. It's a sleeper. Realistically, it's probably going to be Georgia because again, they uh, Stetson Bennett just rides that wave in that team. That team's dominant. But um, that's our thoughts on college football uh, moving forward. We'll do plenty more of that as we get into uh, bowl season and the playoff. But let's quickly just touch on Thursday night football as well because we like to do that here. Ooh, no backer there. Like to do that here on the show. Give some picks. Um, Tennessee is at Green Bay. I'm also finally figuring out Alex that I. Am, yeah. uh, I'm finding where the games are actually held this time around because I was never doing it at the beginning when I started on this show. And now we know that the game is at Lambeau tonight. Uh, the three and six Packers are taking on the six and three Titans. Brian Tannehill's back Packers, the three point favorites Packers backs are against the wall uh, just like they were last week. And Rogers and that team pulled it out against Dallas. I love the Packers in this spot again. I think they're just going to keep kind of riding that high that they had from last week. And they were finally able to score points last week against a Dallas team that's pretty good. And I think they probably do it again against Tennessee this week. Tannehill's back for the first time in a few weeks. Um, I don't know how, I mean, the, the offense didn't run r- very well with Malik Willis in there either, but they were able to win games. It's, you know, switching quarterbacks back and forth. I know Tannehill's better, but it might be tough for them to get a mojo. They'll probably just run Derrick Henry into the ground, but I like the Packers minus three.
1: Yeah, it it felt like the Packers had, or Aaron Rodgers specifically had some of that "I'm not going out this way" mentality right. last week. Like he's exactly. not, he's not ready to leave. And I, I like the Titans. I've always been high on the Titans. I'm a big Derek Henry guy. But I Thursday night home team. Rodgers got that chip on his shoulder late in the season. I don't know what the weather's there. I can't imagine it's great given everything that's going on right now. Uh, which I Tennessee. Yeah, it's 25 and snowing. Yeah. You'd think Tennessee would be a good inclement weather team because they're, you know, power bully run team. Right. They're like not great in inclement conditions, which is kind of weird. The Packers, who are high-flying offense, are very good, probably because they're used to it. So I've been wrong, I think, every week. Like, start fading me, but I'm going with the Packers. Yeah. All right. So so we're on the— one more thing we should touch on. Sorry. There's one more thing we should touch on. Let's hear it. Thoughts on the Bills game being moved? Awful. Awful. Play football play yeah. it's in the snow it's great it's awesome these these coward fans all oh, the advantage of buffalo and nobody wants to come to buffalo and the wind off the lake and we're jumping through tables they want an <laughs> indoor stadium and they want yeah. an indoor stadium please matt Chatham had a great let me go find this matt Chatham. assuming twitter is still up it is still up we're, we're fine you're overreacting think... you're
0: falling for it twitter's See, not going the...
1: anywhere but the people who never overreact were reacting. That's what it Like, that's what like, like our
0: guy, Connor Ryan at Boston Sports Journal. And uh, I, I saw that one. I was like, if Connor Ryan is on here, shout out Connor Ryan, saying that he is going to have to get off. He seems like the most even killed guy
1: on Yeah, Twitter exactly.
0: He was worried about it. So
1: Anyway, Matt Chatham. Uh, Patriots unexpectedly beat the Bills 14-10 last year in a wild windstorm. So with the big snow dump coming this weekend to Buffalo, t'was no way in hell. <laughs> the NFL was going to let a pretty offense face suboptimal conditions again. Indoor Detroit swoops in to save the day this league. Yes.
0: Yeah. Again, they they, they are framing it as an abundance of caution for fans. But if the fans want to go, the fans want to go. Leave it up to them and play the game. It's football, like you said. It would have been fun. Three to six feet of snow. And they're moving it to Detroit. So, yeah, no, no, boy, no. I mean, there's been games out there though where I mean, remember the Calvin Johnson game where he had the whole thing of yeah. snow in his helmet yeah. and like they play it in those conditions. I don't know why they decided to do it now, but it's awful. It's too bad. The Bills get two games in Detroit over the next four days as well because they're playing this Sunday there
1: now, and then they play there on Thanksgiving Day. Yeah, I wonder if they'll. So we were talking about this say. I wonder if they'll stay out there and practice out there, or if they'll. They'll like go back and forth, but
0: yeah, it, and that probably depends a, on
1: the weather and how well they can travel.
0: Right. That's a good point. Um, so yeah, that's, that's too bad because football's turning into not football anymore. Twitter's turning into not Twitter anymore. It's just it, it, this world is a mess. It's too bad. But, uh, I guess I usually cap this show off by telling you to follow myself on Twitter at my Catholic and Alex on Twitter. You can still do it, but I believe our Instagram handles are the same. So God forbid yeah. Twitter goes down. You can catch all our content there as well. Um, I don't think 98.5thesportshub.com or CLNSmedia.com are going to go down like Twitter, so you can read our stuff on there. Uh, Again, the Patriots are taking on the Jets. uh, Big division matchup on Sunday at 1 p.m. Me and Alex will be back on Sunday night to recap that game. We'll be back the following Tuesday as well to do another recap. Uh, So read Alex's stuff. Follow him everywhere. Do the same for me, and we'll be back on Tuesday.